how to start. Well, you know, it's just writing. I mean, here's something important to remember about dialogue. Every word matters. No, it doesn't. They're vital. I want to go to this place that I think it needs to go to. The only thing that counts is what you see on the screen. I will write like four or five, six hours a day. And it will be a voice made of ink and rage. Okay, I'm, re I'm really glad you asked me that question. Welcome back to Creative Principles. I am your host, Brock Swinson. Now, normally this is where I interview amazing writers, screenwriters, authors, creatives, musicians, all types. But over the next 15 or 16 episodes, we're doing something very special and actually giving away my first book, Ink by the Barrel, Secrets from Prolific Writers, the full audiobook over these next several episodes. If it's your first time here, make sure to hit that subscribe button. We will be back to interviews very soon. But this is part of my mission this year to give away 100,000 copies of my book. So if you haven't already grabbed your copy, go over to brockswinson.com. You'll see a link to the PDF. That's a digital download and audiobook, which you're about to listen to here. You'll also see at brockswinson.com access to things like the free 30-day prolific writing challenge and also some other challenges built around writing, such as the Upwork Unfair Advantage, which will teach you how to be a six-figure freelancer. You can also find courses such as how to write a nonfiction book in 12 weeks and some upcoming screenwriting and TV writing courses as well, along with my brand new one-on-one mentorship, Storyteller Launchpad. All that's over at brockswinson.com, but now let's jump into Ink by the Barrel, Secrets from Prolific Writers. In this book, which I wrote around episode 250 of the podcast, across these episodes, you'll learn things like how to annihilate a writer's block by embracing the playful trickster mentality or how to weaponize your anxiety with the different is better approach, how to defend your time with the calendar anorexia mindset, what it means to create ruthless prioritization and use the urgent versus important system, and probably most importantly, how to avoid self-sabotage. It's all on the pages of Ink by the Barrel, Secrets from Prolific Writers. And make sure to join my email list to learn about my upcoming book, The Self-Reliant Artist. All that's over at brockswinson.com. Chapter 4. Avoid Self-Sabotage Sometimes, magic is just someone spending more time on something than anyone else might reasonably expect. Raymond Teller of Penn & Teller Illusionists in the 1700s developed a system in which they could make items hover in space. Magicians like the charlatan Johann George Schaffer told gathering crowds he had the ability to conjure spirits. This idea later became a fixture for 19th century phantasmagoria shows, where the key to the illusion involved a projector or lantern, along with a beam of light reflecting off a mirror into a cloud of smoke. The beam of light, which essentially landed on the cloud of smoke, would then create a hovering image that appeared to be a floating item. These days, we refer to this phenomenon as smoke and mirrors. In this regard, magic takes time to create for the creator, but only moments to encapsulate for us as the viewer. The cliché with writing is that smoke and mirrors create the illusion that a magical muse somehow guides the process, in this regard, many novice writers will believe they have some sort of gift, which is great when the gift is working, but not so much when the muse takes a week off. 
Essentially, if you look at a string of words speak to you as if they were magic, it's possible that you're correct, but only if you believe magic to be nothing more than the effort it takes to change someone's perception with words. I envy writers who talk about the process of writing as if it's this mystical phone call from some muse who delivers dialogue, says Castle Rock creator Sam Shaw. That's certainly not the case for me. It's always a long, painstaking descent. There's an idea that writers possess some kind of special genius, but even the best writers want to kill themselves when they read their first draft. Before you round up your bullets or search YouTube for directions on how to tie a noose, understand that this feeling Shaw is describing is merely part of the process. It's supposed to be scary. It's supposed to be nerve-wracking. But once you remove the magic from the writing, greatness is actually much more attainable. Shaw adds, The most important development as a writer is when you stop thinking of writing as a high art and start thinking of it as work. It took me a long time to do that, especially beginning as a prose writer. I had all of these highfalutin ideas about myself as an artist. In reality, the writers I know that have made a lifetime of writing have set aside those ideas and focused on the work at hand. They write every day. Waiting for your muse to arrive is nothing more than a form of self-sabotage. Influence or untraced ideas feel magical, but it's no more magical than hitting a tree with an axe 300 times and believing magic occurs in swing 301 when the tree finally falls. The repetition, in fact, is where the magic comes from. Those last hundred swings, which feel like a plateau, is what the process is all about. While there's no magic there, per se, learning to love the plateau phase and avoid self-sabotage is in fact a superpower. If you've ever tried to write every day, you might understand the effort it takes to make even the smallest bit of magic. In the movie The Prestige, there's a moment when the two magicians, Robert Engier and Alfred Borden, are watching a veteran magician named Chung Lin Su perform the, quote, magic fishbowl trick. According to Borden, the trick actually comes after the trick, when Chung Lin Su pretends to be an old man. The trick is being strong enough to lift the fishbowl, but then pretending to be an old, feeble man so no one discovers the trick behind the trick. His life, therefore, is the performance. It's the process, not the results. The same is true for writing. The vast majority of authors that you've read aren't magicians, but they are performers. The performance is the act of writing. It's not magic. It's actually not even anything special. Instead, it's just individuals willing to put the time in to create something magical. Jason Fuchs, writer on Pan and Ice Age 4, realized this truth when he took a job in animation. He told me, animation writing is the closest screenwriting will ever get to day work. You wake up, you go to the studio, you're there from 9 until 6, and then you come home. That broke me of some bad habits, and I learned I could deliver pages at 5 in the morning with a nuclear war going on. Before this assignment, Fuchs felt like he needed inspiration in order to write. Fuchs continued, That job gave me a lot of confidence because I thought I could only write with the constraints of X, Y, and Z factors. With Ice Age, the stakes were so high I had to write. I performed outside my comfort level. This screenwriter realized something that he may not have otherwise, but it's a lesson from which we can all learn. The key is to create your own deadlines, rather than having to rely on a studio or publisher or agent or teacher or whatever to push you in the right direction. 
You must guide yourself in the direction of a disciplined life. Discipline with your time, discipline with your priorities, discipline to know there's more to writing than magical thinking. Screenwriter Luke Davies said, I've gotten more disciplined. I had a more restless relationship with my writing in my early 20s and even in my early 30s, like a hot cold on-off button, which felt out of my control. But I have come to realize it's not real. It's the on-off switch thing when it all starts. I learned to deal with my resistance and self-sabotaging mechanisms. Davies' comments on self-sabotage are true for everyone. It feels like the resistance comes from the outside, but it actually comes from within. Something inside of you slows down the process to keep you from achieving the things you want to achieve. But this inner anger isn't in control. It merely feels like it's in control. It's a suggestion, not a command. This inner voice will tell you you're unable to achieve the things you wish to achieve. This inner voice will slow you down, even when you're on a solid streak, to achieve the things you care most about. This inner voice will try to stop you, but it doesn't have power over you. You control your instinct for sabotage. The idea that you are your own worst enemy is true for everyone. When you start to see a small amount of success, you instinctively act against your own self-interest. You tell yourself things you shouldn't. You stop doing the things that literally make you feel better. You procrastinate what matters most to do what seems urgent or ignore the most important things altogether. The author Robert Firestone calls this the Quote, critical inner voice. The critical inner voice represents a negative version of the self, like some sort of anti-self. It literally turns against you as you start to succeed. This anti-self fills the mind with critical self-analysis and other sabotaging thoughts to hold you back. The comedian Joe Rogan refers to this inner voice as your inner bitch. Rogan, specifically, is referring to that voice that tells you not to work out for the day, or to stay in bed and sleep in, or to skip the healthy meal and snack on donuts. For the most part, this inner voice comes from early life experiences. Without even realizing it, you start to internalize attitudes directed to you from parents and other influential guardians during the early development stages of life. Children internalize negative thoughts for a variety of reasons, especially when toxic parents display self-sabotaging tendencies. These insecurities pass from parent to child. While you can't change the past, you can change how you respond to these internalized ideas and consciously choose to act against them. As you start to defy these sabotaging instincts, your critical inner voice will start to silence itself. If you don't feed the inner critic, it will be too weak to speak. In addition, the more you say no to the negative things and yes to the positive things, you can actually start to build up a tolerance for choosing good and denying bad. The more you do, the stronger your so-called willpower will become. You need to select your thoughts in the way you select meals for the day. Feed on that which will nourish you. You can cultivate this power. You can even change your instincts. At first, changing self-sabotaging instincts will make you anxious because you're fighting a negative behavior that is literally ingrained, but you must fight these instincts to be successful. Turning on the TV first thing in the morning, that's got to go. Checking your phone one more time before you go to bed at night, that doesn't help anybody. Skipping your top priority to focus on those easier to do tasks, who are you really fooling? Separate the destructive attitudes from the real experiences. 
scrutinize the negative traits unconsciously passed on to you by caretakers to see how you've made them your own. Challenge disruptive adaptations and coping mechanisms. These systems might have helped you as a child, but they're hurting you as an adult and they're killing you as a writer. Once these steps have been taken, it's possible to develop your own unique values, beliefs, and ideals beyond that which has been enforced. Once you learn to quiet the inner critic, you can actually get to work. Once you get to work, you will be in the position to move on to the next level. The only way to reach unknown greatness is to focus on the mundane daily details. In other words, it took a lot of blocks to build the pyramids. The only way to reach unknown greatness is to focus on the mundane. Writing well is a combination of hard work and good luck, says Akiva Goldsman, screenwriter of Star Trek Picard and I Am Legend. The hard work gets you on the platform, and if you're on the platform, the train will come. But if you're not doing the work, it won't. When your inner voice tells you that your competition is beating you, that's just a bruised ego from a former mindset that doesn't serve you. Instead, you have to silence the voice with a new mindset. What steps can you take to make success inevitable? A successful screenwriting career is a culmination of wins and losses and the opportunity to keep playing, adds Goldsman. That's a hard thing to remember. Nobody's always on. The job isn't winning every day. The job is playing every day. Once you eradicate the pressure of waiting for the magical voice of a muse, you can notice the small things that make the work worth doing. It's not all about quality writing, at least not at first. It's about garbage writing. You sift through the garbage to find something of quality. Distill, refine, filter. Do this enough and you'll be a writer. I'm a believer in the ordinary and the mundane, confesses comedian Jerry Seinfeld. I always find it a little sad when they say, we have quality time. I don't want quality time. I want the garbage time. That's what I like. You just see your kids in the room reading a comic book and you get to kind of watch them for a minute or having a bowl of Cheerios at 11 o'clock at night when they're not even supposed to be up. The garbage. That's what I love. When the quote garbage time becomes the quote quality time, it's possible to discover who you really are as a writer. Once you unlock this simple fact, the voice that lies within can start to emerge. Then you can write without the need of a fictional muse. Then you can write with an atomic war going on outside your window. Then you can write so much, you'll be hard at work when success finds you and too busy to change your schedule in a way that will stop serving you again. Lots and lots of people are creative when they feel like it, but you are going to become a professional if you do it when you don't feel like it. And that emotional waiver is why this is your work and not your hobby, says author Seth Godin. When you view the writing as a labor of love, your perspective on writing literally becomes more enjoyable, even when it feels like pain. In many ways, writing well is like chasing a decent batting average. Even the best hitters in the league strike out nearly 70% of the time. In short, you're supposed to suck for an extended period of time, and you're supposed to suck even when you get pretty good. It's the times when you are terrible that make you better. This is why Dave Grohl hates competition shows that force creatives to rely on individual gatekeepers to make or break careers. He said, Musicians should go to a yard sale and buy an old drum set and just suck. They'll have the best time they've ever had in their lives, and then all of a sudden they'll become Nirvana. Just a bunch of guys playing some noisy-ass shit, and they become the biggest band in the world. 
That can happen again. You don't need a computer or the internet or the voice for American Idol. Those shows are destroying the next generation of musicians. When you remove the idea that there is one individual gatekeeper, all of a sudden you can rely on yourself, your instincts, and your talents. As financial expert Dave Ramsey reasoned during the 2020 financial crisis, it's up to me. The Calvary is not coming. This is also true if you believe someone is simply going to open the door for you or show up at your house to hand you a fully detailed career. That's not how it works. And once you get rolling, you'll be glad that's not how it works. You have to do the work yourself. You have to constantly audition and improve. You have to know when and where to put your time to shape your own career. And since you don't know which route provides the golden ticket, you're going to have to try things that simply don't work. There's no silver bullet, but there are plenty of lead bullets. The good news is that positive results help you find your way, but so do negative results. Like taking a long journey, each result provides guidance to shape the direction of the trip. Creativity is piercing the mundane to find the marvelous, says Bill Moyers. How much mundane are you willing to sift through to find something marvelous? Distill, refine, filter. It's no coincidence that those who work the hardest also appear to be the luckiest. They're out there looking for their luck. Through every bad draft, every weak sentence, and every public failure, they're one step closer to success, but also one step closer to finding an authentic voice. The universe is full of magical things, patiently waiting for our wits to grow sharper, states Eden Philpotts. Your wits will only grow sharper when you put in that time. You can only put in that time when you stop self-sabotaging yourself. You can only stop self-sabotaging yourself when you silence your inner critic. Ron Holiday says, while creativity can seem like magic, like every magic trick, there is a method behind it. The key to creative magic is total dedication to the craft. Within total dedication, it's possible to achieve greatness. But to achieve greatness, it's important to consider total immersion in the craft. What is total immersion? Terry Laughlin, founder of the Total Immersion Swimming Method, teaches swimmers a new way to perceive the difficulties of swimming. Across his 45-year career, Laughlin realized most swimmers end up exhausted by using traditional methods. Most teachers start their students off pulling and kicking across the top of the water. It's utterly exhausting. It's tiring enough to make you quit the sport on day one. But Laughlin's method contends that the shape of the body moving through the water is more important. Swimmers can travel further and faster with less effort if they accept total immersion, moving with less effort and more aerodynamically, slightly underneath the water. Described as vessel shaping, the term arose in the 1980s but never truly swept the swimming community. Bill Boomer, swim coach at the University of Rochester, says, The shape of the vessel matters more than the size of the engine. By engine, he's referring to muscle power. It's possible that Laughlin's method isn't always the fastest method, especially for newbies, but it's the most sustainable method, especially when distance is factored in, and distance is always factored in. All of a sudden, runners are more capable of becoming triathletes. Adults who had never been able to do more than a doggy paddle could swim for hours and hours, laps and laps, on and on. Laughlin called these laggards adult-onset swimmers. Ironically, to swim this well, you have to drown a little in the beginning. The early sacrifice is the compromise to a life of mastery. Likewise, total immersion in writing is the fastest, quote, slow way to build a career. 
It's better in the long run to write 500 words per day than 2,000 words once a week. Nearly twice as good when you consider written words per week. The more work you create, the more likely you are to be able to create. The more you are able to create, the more likely you are able to find success, where success comes in many forms, some of which you may have never even imagined. But in the end, it's not you who decides how your work is perceived. Andy Warhol says, don't think about making art, just get it done. Let everyone else decide if it's good or bad, whether they love it or hate it. While they are deciding, make even more art. The more art you create, the more magic you can put out into the world. There's no smoke, there's no mirrors. There's just ink and time. It's up to you to continually put ink on the page and quiet your inner voice with all of its harmful suggestions. Peace through struggle, as Joe Rogan has said. The inner bitch has been conquered for today. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. Before you take off, I want to give you a free gift. I'm giving you my first book, Ink by the Barrel, for free. That's the digital download and audiobook at brockswinson.com. Inside this book, you'll learn how to annihilate writer's block by embracing Elizabeth Gilbert's playful trickster mentality. You can learn to weaponize your anxiety with Kevin Kelly's different is better approach. And learn how to defend your time with Ryan Holiday's calendar anorexia mindset. There's just a few other ideas in the book, Ink by the Barrel. It's also based on over 400 interviews I've done right here on Creative Principles. So go steal that book right now, Ink by the Barrel, to learn how to be a prolific writer. You can get your copy that's digital download and audiobook at brockswinson.com, B-R-O-C-K-S-W-I-N-S-O-N.com. If it's your first time here, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Make sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode.